0: Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of combat sports, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing? You're not a fun runner,
1: are you know. You're my partner. You're my buddy. Um, <laughs> don't call him a fun runner. Don't call. Him. Please. Oh my god. No. But I know that you. <laughs> you loved the Celtics. I mean, did did you love them when they weren't doing too good? Yes, right? I mean, no, hell yeah. Still well, with we'll, them. yeah. I'll live
0: and die with every team in Boston, the only teams I care about.
1: Yeah, so listen, they're back on top, or they look like they're going to have a real good shot. I don't even know who won last night. I mean, did
0: they win? Out, um, they got bombed. The yeah, Celtics which was not destroyed. a shock
1: let's be honest because after they pulled off the upset win in their first game of the series against golden state and the and the splash brothers or bash brothers whatever those two great great maybe the greatest shooters of all time yep you know curry curry and um what the heck's his name clay uh, thompson uh clay thompson i mean unbelievable lights out shooting uh laser laser shooting
0: they got that but, kid pool too was hitting half-court shots last night literally half-court
1: and they got green they got green who who is a stabilizer he's kind of like a dennis rodman was in some ways for me at least for the chicago bulls you know he stabilized everything he was a tough guy he he controlled the center of the you know uh, inside the inside uh paint uh, got all the rebounds, you know, did the dirty work, so to speak. Um, so Jordan and all those other guys and Pittman and all them could do what they had to do. But when they when they pulled off that first win of the series, I think everyone was shocked. Uh, the way that they beat by 12 points or whatever, they beat Golden State and their prolific offense, and shut them down to a certain, especially in the fourth quarter. Yep. And so I would think that the bookmakers might have taken a whooping last night because everybody and their mother was, was betting on, I would think, was picking Golden State last night yep. after losing that first game to come back and, you know, really, really put their best foot forward. Um, and maybe shoot the lights out. Uh, Is that what happened? They shot the lights out, those guys?
0: Yeah, both games, the first one and this one, they um, they come out in the third quarter running and gunning. I mean, I think that they went on like a 24-0 run, something like that, 24 nothing run in the third quarter. Same thing they did in the um, first game. They went on a run in the third quarter, and then the Celtics fought back. But this one, they just... I mean, at one point, I think they were up 30 in the third quarter. It was just, Yeah, but the Celtics
1: just, shut them down in the fourth quarter last game. You know, yeah, the, the yeah, first yeah. Game the and they kept them on the wraps a little bit, but... Boy, they—I mean—you talk about an offensive dynamo, uh, they are. But the Celtics play defense, so I—I I still wouldn't count them out. Obviously, it's one-one the series now. I—I I wouldn't count them out. The Celtics can still do, especially with your backing. Um, of course. I—I I mean, I think once that gets out there, um, I think that that's probably going to play as some kind of uh, sixth man. Uh, uh, do they call you the sixth man? Because I know they're in touch with you, the coach and everybody over there with the Do they actually call you Ken right out the the Six Man?
0: Well, it was nice of Larry and the Celtics to send me this jersey number thirty-three. Oh man, and, La- Larry uh,
1: Bird. I just want to tell Sam Larry because he doesn't get to see it. Um, he he's the guy who's shooting all this farce, Uh, does a tremendous job with the production along with Rob and um Sam. He's he got it sent to. Celtic jersey uh, From Larry Bird yeah.
0: And uh, my man My man Reggie Miller Who I became friends with Out in LA He's a big endurance sport guy Crazy mountain bike rider And Steph Curry actually Just broke his three point record This year But uh, he was like Listen if the Celtics Get to a deciding game uh, We may have to fly you Into Boston Maybe make a guest appearance To like Get them over the hump Get that finishing uh, Get the Drive the dagger home I said let me know Reggie I'll be there
1: of course you'll be there you're, you're always there for friends boy i tell you i hope they win it because do you do you think there's a chance you could fly them in i mean I'll, well your your chat is small but do you think there's a chance you could get them to come into my foundation dinner in november i think they, so if they
0: oh, they're big fight fans nice.
1: boy, we'll work well, on,
0: we'll work on reggie miller Reggie's a good guy. You know, I used to, when I was running in the Palisades, when I lived in LA, I'd be running and then I'd see every day. There'd be no one out there, just deserted mountain trails. Only person out there I'd see, Reggie Miller. We'd see each other every day, Reggie. And then we just became friendly. He'd be biking, I'd be running. And you know, when you're going up a hill, it's easy to kind of get moving at the same pace because it's almost harder to ride the bike up these steep mountains. So we'd be riding, he'd be riding, I'd be running, we'd be chit-chatting, I'd always tell him, I know you don't want to let me pass you while I'm running, Reg. And he's good. I mean, he wins races. Like, you wouldn't believe how good this guy is. I mean, he's 50-something years old. He's out there kicking ass on all these young guys. And the mountain biking is very um, technical. It's not just about fitness. You need some, like, you know, it's like driving a car. Anyone can step on the gas and go fast, but if you're on a racetrack, you have to have certain skills to maneuver through the corners. Reggie's like that on the mountain bike. He's just a hes a—he's beast. And to see this guy almost seven feet tall wheeling around on a mountain bike with these little skinny guys, it's uh, its impressive.
1: Well, you're, you're, guy, your list of people you know now is impressive. Uh, I mean, the people <laughs> that you hang with, really. I mean, I, I sometimes I sometimes thankful that you still allow me um, <laughs> don't be crazy to,
0: you're you're to, the star be, of the show to be around um without you know, I'm just you were, a running nerd
1: you know you you can you can kind of bring back old phrases and old um sort of uh sayings that you think about like the great Ralph uh, the great Jackie Gleason Ralph Crampton, in the Honeymooners you were just making me think it's amazing how you make me think of different things where <laughs> He, was, he would always talk about uh, to his wife, Allison. He said, Allison, you got to be good to those on your way up because you're going to meet the same ones on the way down. And he, he, you're, you're talking about uphills and downhills. You made me think about when he was getting, when he was getting ready to golf and Ed Norton was getting them ready. You got to get ready. Gotta, he was putting his foot on books, and he said, what's this for? <laughs> he said, for the, for the uphill shots. You got to be ready for the uphill shots. I know <laughs> Krakenberger, uh, my friend, uh, the um, handicapper in Las Vegas, who, you know, he's out there, he does a good job. Uh, I know he's laughing because that's his favorite show of all time, The Honeymooners, and it's one of my daughter Nicole's favorite shows. She used to watch it and quote it when she was like seven years old. Uh, we couldn't get her to bed, maybe maybe even six years old, until she saw The Honeymooners, you know, come on. And she would start quoting um, like starring Meadow Chambers and Meadow, you know Jackie Gleason, and she she knew all the names. But you would just make me think of that. Like I said, that Rolodex. If I could auction that off at my <laughs> foundation, then, oh my God, I get millions, millions. I mean, we we, yeah, we we would need someone like Elon Musk to be in the audience to properly pro, <laughs> properly <laughs> bid on it. <laughs> Well, take us away there kid
0: please all right let's talk some fighting first things first before anyone forgets and it would be no one would blame you if you did or if you didn't even know about it but nonita Donaire's is getting his rematch against uh the great Noya in that fight is i think on tuesday morning maybe 3 30 4 30 in the morning something crazy <laughs> i'm a little later than that, I, I, uh, but yeah for- is it, is it well, West Coast?
1: No, you're not wrong. West Coast actually, West Coast time it probably would be. I think it starts East Coast time of the card starts about five thirty in the morning. Five thirty,
0: three thirty on a Tuesday morning, it might as well be one AM. What's the difference? And then
1: well, I guess by the time he gets up uh into the ring, it'll be a little bit closer to breakfast. Um <laughs> you know, on a I mean, random
0: Tuesday morning they're gonna put on a fight of this caliber, it's literally like who's doing the scheduling? I don't know if they know, but there's a big audience in North America for boxing. I'm not sure if anyone has told the promoters or whoever's well, scheduling it. has got
1: something to do. In, in all fairness, it's got something, obviously, to do with the timing of it being over in Japan. And everything. I understand, but, a, but are we going to make maybe, a combination? A, is it possible that it's a special Japanese um, holiday over there on, on Tuesday where they're celebrating it by having away, their great champion? fight on that particular day over there and they're celebrating a great moment. It could I, I don't be. know. A Tuesday or I mean, Tuesday. It does morning. make you scratch your head to figure out. They came up with Tuesday and five thirty in the morning like almost like they were trying to make it hard, like like playing one of those games Uh, that they used to play years ago where, you know, try to find me. You know what I mean? Like, try try to...
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing is, I, I understand completely. I love the Japanese people. Japan is a great country, incredibly proud people. But the guys in the ring only have X amount of fights to make money. The kid's got to make money as much as he can. This is all, this is a sprint to make money. When you're in a boxing business, every paycheck could be your last. You really want to have the fight at Tuesday at five 30, as opposed to, I don't know, sat over the weekend at eight, eight, on the weekend at five 30. Fine. Okay. It's, but Tuesday at 5.30, I mean, you're not exactly optimizing your uh, PR potential in terms of building your audience. It doesn't make any sense at all I, as, from a business standpoint. But like you said, maybe there's something in Tokyo this, this week that they have to have it on a, you know, I, I think that they're basically like 12 something hours ahead of us. So let's say it's, okay, it's a Tuesday night at eight o'clock at night in, in Tokyo, but they, they don't want to have this fight on a weekend where more people will be likely to tune in. I don't know. There must be something we're missing. So, I don't want to be too harsh, but it's clear that (laughs) we're missing something.
1: I remember we used to do our Friday night fights on ESPN. You know, we we had a run of eighteen years, and we we were we were popular. We were for most of the time we were the number one rated um, regular show on ESPN uh, on ESPN ESPN two, I believe, uh, for years. Uh, The only thing ahead of us really was part in the interruption with with uh, those guys who were great, you know, um, just uh, Kornheiser and Wilpon. They're terrific. But, and it was amazing we got those kind of ratings because we didn't always put the greatest fights on, quite frankly. But we we put on some good ones, though. We put on ones where guys like Corrales, where you, you got to see them kind of like going to, baseball games to watch the farm teams, where you see the future stars, you know, uh, before the, before the, you have to pay a lot of money to see them, before they get in the big leagues, you know, before they get on HBO, before they get to where uh, it's pay-per-view where you can't, you know, where you're going to cost you a lot of money to see them. You get to see those future stars, and you get to figure out for yourself, do you think he's going to be a future star? So, you know, to see the young Willie Macy, the young Mickey Man, or the, the, you know, when 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 before they get to the big leagues, uh, you know the the young uh, Mayweather's, the the young, you know whether it's uh, whoever it happens to be, Hagler's or but Whitakers, but we got a few of those. Like I said, Corrales, we had a few other big names. Um, I think we even might have had Whitaker. Uh, Yeah, we had Whitaker early on, although he was starting to get established already, and I think even Mayweather. Um, So we had a lot of these guys before they hit the big times uh, coming up, which was nice, you know. Um, They weren't always in competitive fights, but it was still, it it was good to get them on. But the thing we used to kind of, the crew you know the the guys that were together for years that did this uh you know and and worked at and felt pride about what we developed and be able to have those ratings we would shake our heads how we did it because you it would be like you had to do like A search mission to find out when we won (laughs) like yeah yeah, we used to laugh some of the directors used to laugh privately and say to us how can you figure out i didn't know when we won (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i i would ask the guys hey what are we on we on, are are we on this uh friday no we're on wednesday oh oh we're on thursday oh we're we're on it uh are we on it you know a regular seven o'clock or oh no we're on it 12 o'clock thursday night oh that should make it hard for people to figure out that 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 should make whoever the winner of the contest this week that figures out when we're on they they earned
0: it all right guys want to take a quick pause to give a thank you to today's sponsor athletic greens the all-in-one daily drink to support better health and peak performance as you know i love this stuff take it every single day i'm packing to go to la this week i've got my travel packs packed up Ready to go, I especially don't skip on travel days when your body gets run down. It's it's easy to lose focus and get, uh, get sidetracked, but you don't wanna let your diet slip. You wanna make sure you're getting all your vitamins, minerals and nutrients, which Athletic Greens provides. Simple to drink, mix it with a splash of water in any kind of water bottle. I shake it up, boom, easy peasy, fresh and breezy athleticgreens.com slash atlas. You'll get 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, athleticgreens.com slash atlas to take advantage of the 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Today's episode is also brought to you by Botanictonics.com. Check them out. Check out the feel-free Botanic Tonic at Botanictonics.com. Use the promo code ATLAS for 40% off your first purchase. I love this stuff. I take it before all my big runs. I take it before we record the show. It creates a euphoric feeling with using the um, kava root. Again, feel-free Botanictonics.com. Promo code ATLAS to save 40% want to give a shout out to our friends at Wallaco way of way of life athletic clothing company. My friend, Terry White started this company, unbelievable running clothes, workout shorts. I love this stuff. They've got a patented waterproof phone pocket for your phone in the shorts, which is invaluable. I take my phone with me. Every time I run, I listen to podcasts, audio books, you name it. But these pockets that Wallaco built into the shorts are unbeatable to me. That's what separates them from the crowd. Wallaco, Way of Life Athletic Clothing Company. Use the promo code ATLAS to save 20% off your first purchase. Wallaco.com. Well, they're they're keeping with tradition because the production quality from uh, Australia this week, from ESPN, not the greatest. A lot of dead time. A lot of uh, literally replaying. A lot of complaints. Replaying segments, not just... No, no, not just replaying clips of fights replaying the actual intro by so you're
1: doing of justice to the fans you're really representing Ken Ryder the fans right now no seriously I'm All the tra- production
0: you, it, ep- no
1: because they- the fans the fans there was I heard a lot of complaints
0: the pr- at one point that, you know, look, I get it. There's a first round knockout. you got to stretch. But newsflash, there might be a first round knockout in one sided fights. Have some material ready to fill these gaps. They literally replayed Joe Tess's like five minute intro from the uh, uh, undercard on ESPN plus because the girls softball game bled into the play. He, int-
1: he, he might have made them do that.
0: Oh, I'm sure he did. No, I'm only, <laughs> I'm only kidding. He, he
1: doesn't have a big eagle anymore. Anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, that Monday Night Football should have put a damper on that. If it didn't, uh, he must be oblivious to the ratings. But nevertheless, the uh, I, I loved when they, when they had time to fill and they just showed shots of the audience. And it was literally just like a bunch of drunk Aussie guys like screaming and yelling in front of the camera and doing hand gestures. I was like... This is this is what ESPN and that's Disney. Have I always come like up with. to
1: see a bunch of drunk Aussies. I love the Aussies. I love to see them when you know they're having a good time and they're doing <laughs> uh, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh,
0: but for a, for a, a network like I'm surprised the year. they didn't
1: cut to like kangaroo fighting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know. I mean they had no shortage of footage uh, of the crowd. That's for sure. But anyway, let's talk about Inouye and uh, Danail. What are you looking for in the rematch? Very close fight. The first time Donaire broke his old broke um, in a way's orbital in a way show why he's one of the best in the world, pound for pound, by fighting through it and getting the win. But credit to Donaire, my God, did he bring the heat in that fight? He thought we thought it was yeah, gonna listen, be one sided, blowout.
1: A lot of people thought he was shot or washed up or on his way out or out halfway out. He, he being Donaire, the former champion uh older guy veteran of many many fights 50 some fight whatever it is um a lot of people thought you know like i said his best days were way behind them and that it would just be a uh, matter of you know matter of time in that fight into in know way got rid of him and you know it would just you know it, it would be a one-sided fight and it was it was a great fight so that's why we got the rematch it reminded me of the old timers and custom model My mentor used to say to me, Teddy, you get an older champion, former champion, and he gets in the ring on a particular night after he's passed his best, and and he looked not great in some fights, and people think that he's, you know, that like I said, he's beyond the twilight, maybe, is the best way to say it, of his career. But because of the characteristics, because of what he once possessed, that on one given night, sometimes they can summon it they can summon it they can call to the to the gods of boxing so to speak and say bring it back you know kind of kind of like samson or hercules on the steps when they're chained you know and their powers were taken away and all of a sudden one last time they 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 pray they they dig within themselves and they pull out that power somehow and they bring it back to crumble those walls, to break those chains, you know, and to accomplish legendary stuff. And he was able to, to do that. He was in there with a, such a great fighter he couldn't win, but he made a great fight. And like I said, Cus was right. Sometimes they can do that, uh, these, these former great champions, but not too often. They, they might get one shot at it. And that might have been his one shot at it. And then it's gone. Then it's used up. You know, Samson can't pull those walls down twice. And I think that might be the case here because if you look at the history of boxing, Ken, and you look at examples of what I just talked about, where you got former world champions, former great fighters, if you will, that, fight a great fight with the younger fighter the first time. And it's a great fight, but they lose. But it's a great fight. And then in the rematch, they don't come close to being able to duplicate that effort. Matter of fact, they usually get beaten badly. And for example, what I got to give you examples, the great Alexis Oquayo with Aaron Pryor. You know, with the young guy, Aaron Pryor. Uh, Oguaya, the great, great champion of so many divisions. Uh, you know, older guy, a lot of fights. And what a great fight he fought with Aaron Pryor the first time. Unbelievable, epic fight. And he loses, they make a rematch, and in the rematch, it's not even competitive. It's how he gets destroyed. And same thing with the great jersey, the great jersey, Joe Walcott. You know, the he's a veteran, he's an older guy, all those fights, great fighter, great heavyweight champ, and he's fighting Rocky Marciano, the young fighter, younger fighter who's just coming up, getting his first title shot. And it's it's a great fight. Matter of fact, Jersey Joe's winning going into the 13th round. The only way that Rocky Marciano can pull off the title is to knock him out. What's he doing? Knocks him out. He finds a way to knock him out. And goes on to be and to retire as the only undefeated, later on the only undefeated heavyweight champion in the history of this great sport. So, and what? And then they fight. They fight the second time in a rematch. A lot of people think, okay, it'll be another great one. Like we're hoping here with, obviously with with Donaire and Inouye. And was it a great one? No. He gets knocked out. Walcott now looks like. The old fighter, like an old fighter, like an old washed-up fighter that doesn't have it no more, that almost knew that he couldn't duplicate that effort he did months earlier in the first fight with this young, you know, the, the, this, this young bulldog, if you will, uh, that he couldn't perform that way, that it wasn't in him. And he didn't. He gets knocked out in one round. So I would have to say, looking at the history of the sport— And what prior rematches in these kinds of situations, you know, with the older former champion and the younger fighter after they lost the first time, they don't usually perform close to that first time performance in a rematch. So I don't know. I'm going to say that Donair wins again, but it's not nearly as competitive as the first time.
0: I agree. I completely agree and I'm looking forward to this one even though I'll be up at uh, I'm actually going to be on the west coast so I'll be up at 3:30 in the morning getting ready getting ready for that one. Um with that though, let's jump into the action 2 weeks ago. Tank Davis delivers and just gets roly out of there. Roly Ramirez did a lot of talking. Tank knocked him out bad. Um, seemed like it was just a matter of time. Roley looked good at times, I thought, early or, or in spots, I should say. And then uh, Tank got him out of there. And unfortunately for Roley is when you talk like that, you should be man enough to stick around in the ring after the fact and give props to the guy who put it on you real good. And instead, Roley jumped out of the ring and hightailed it for the uh, locker room not to be heard from since. And um, to to Tank's credit, I think right after the fight, he, you know, yelled at Roley for a second or two and then came back to reality and was like, you know what, I credit to Roley for showing up. And Tank said and did all the right things, showing some good signs of maturity, but... uh, yeah, not very competitive. Like I said, really had some spots I thought where he looked okay, but eventually Tank caught him and uh, blasted him right out of there. How'd you like that fight? You know, to
1: real quick to talk on a point you made, and it's a good point about you know when you behave that way, you talk that way. You should at least you know stay around. But sometimes the reason they talk that way is they don't have the ability to behave like a mature man, if you will. Uh, because that's part of why they talk that way. They're young, arrogant, um, wet around the ears, um, you know, uh, uh, cocky. Uh, you know, and, and maybe even uh, not not properly coached. And I don't mean in a way of fighting, but around with with the people around them uh, to you know to to have a little bit better you know way about them before a fight. You know, I, I know you can be cocky and everything and confident, yeah. But there's a way to do it. There, there's a certain way to do it, um, and when you do it in a way that just feels like a way that is, as I said, not only immature but just not, not necessarily acceptable or nice to hear. When you do it in that kind of way. Um, your ability to stay around and face the music if you lose is not going to be there usually because if you had the character, if you were devoid of the character or the understanding, if you will, um, maybe, you know, the maturity again, but the understanding of why you shouldn't quite behave that way, you're probably not going to have the wisdom or the, the maturity to stay around afterwards or the understanding that you have a responsibility to stand around when you didn't understand at the beginning that you probably had a responsibility not to really talk the way you did or go to that level or go to to stoop to that depth um, you know so if you don't have one you don't have the other I guess is what I'm trying to say. But at the end of the day, we we were on top of this one. We picked Davis by knockout.
0: One thing, Teddy, before you get into the fight, just on that point you just made, I just want to point out an example of someone who talks more crap than anyone ever has. One of the biggest heels in the sport, and that's Colby Covington. After the last fight against Usman, I mean, he talked so much crap. He talked about his dad being in prison. I mean, he got personal. After the fight, Colby stood right there and said, hey, I'm just trying to sell the fight. Whether Usman accepts that or not Usman was a gentleman and and they just kind of hugged it out okay I don't have to agree with anything but you're man enough to stay here congratulations on the win I don't know there was some like interesting closure at least for that one because Colby plays the heel as well as anyone but when Roley after the fight I mean you got beat fair and square I mean he did exactly what he wanted to do at the end to tank that is to to just run out of the ring it's just so I don't know. It's one thing if you're concussed and injured, I understand. They don't want to interview you if you're in a bad spot. But, you know, I don't think he was in that bad of a spot. And to get out and run out of the ring, it's like, Chael Sonnen would always say, the minute one fight ends, that next fight begins. Start promoting. Running out of the ring and hightailing it after talking all that crap makes you look terrible be a man and just be like hey you got me this time Uh, maybe I'll get you the next time whatever but to run away and like I'm gonna go hide in my locker room it just looks bad for anyone I just I prefer if you're gonna be a talker just congratulate the guy afterwards even if you want to tell him you'll beat him in a rematch cool but at least congratulations he got me tonight anyway
1: no I'm glad you brought up the Covington point it's a good point it really is and to that point I think that Covington is more about selling himself in a fight than he is about really believing some of the things he says or getting to those vicious places or, or you know, really buying into the hate, if you will. I think that um, I think for Covington, it really is about, in his mind, being a smart salesman. Uh, and promoter and he saw that people like McGregor made a lot of money you know using those kind of tactics if you will um and and I think that he's following uh in in that kind of in, in that kind of path uh thinking that it makes sense financially uh which which it, it probably does but I don't think that he necessarily buys into the other parts of it that and i think he's mature i think he's a mature guy that's almost like a businessman i think i think that romero is is was i'm not making an excuse for being young because some people are young and wise depending on who they have around them obviously um but i i think there's a certain degree that romero has not been uh maybe advised in a real Great way in those kind of ways of how to project yourself before fight, where to go, where not to go, even if you're trying to sell the fight, you know. And and again, I'll stick to what I said the first time, that if you don't have, I, I hate to use the word, but if you don't have, to, let's say the, the class, um, and and it's not necessarily uh, connected completely, but if you don't have the sense, uh, and maybe a little bit of the class to behave and keep yourself from behaving a certain way before the fight, you're probably not going to have the same sort of, uh, you know, if you want, um, characteristics that you're going to need after the fight uh, to face the music. Yeah, uh, you're gonna be short in those areas uh you're gonna be short in the area at the beginning you're gonna be short in the area at the at the bottom but as far as the fight where he really came up short was maturity experience having a real plan and being more than a big strong guy who could punch he was bigger than tank he was very big for that weight class and definitely a good puncher definitely strong and but definitely not experienced where he'd been in the fights like Tank had been in. Forget about abilities right now. Who's got better ability and who's more developed technically and all that because that's Tank. Who's more well-rounded? That's Tank. And I said that when I said that I thought Tank would knock him out, some. I think somewhere around the middle rounds, whatever. But I, I thought that it would be all Tank at the end of the day. And for me, it was the easiest pick of the year. I know that sounds easy as a monday night quarterback or uh, a monday day quarterback after the games on sunday but I, I never was a monday uh day quarterback and i'm not gonna stop being now i go to the tapes you know as uh, as the great um uh who was that great uh, commentator from washington then he went to new york uh he used to say go to the videotape um and he did all the sports news uh, you guys will find it. Uh, he was—he was a legendary guy. He started out in Washington, came to New York. Uh, let's go to the video tape. Well, anyway, if you question what I'm saying, go to the tape, and you'll see that. Yeah, I did pick Tank Davis. I'm wrong sometimes, but I was right on this one. And the reason why I w- was right is more important because you're talking I, about Warner I, Wolf. Yeah, Warner Wolf, the great Warner Wolf. I the reason why I was right. And thank you, um, for having my back there, you and Rob. But the reason I was right is because Davis is too complete a fighter, too well-rounded, too dimensional, but too experienced, and he's matured. Davis for his, you know, he could be a knucklehead, but and and has been a knucklehead. This beyond the knucklehead, terrible. Terrible, some of this stuff. But he has matured, and he's matured in the ring. He's matured in the ring where he's fought guys where he's gotten answers back. This guy never fought anywhere one where he got answers back, where questions are asked and answers are given about who you are, what you can do, what you can expect when, when, when one thing doesn't work, like your power. This kid never got to that point. Uh, and he never got developed to that point with the people around him, and he never had a good fight plan going into this fight. It was all about power, being aggressive, being a being man, you know, being a talker like he was outside the ring, going, going and being a bully. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> the bully got bullied. that's the problem with being a bully. you don't want to really be a bully. Because the bullies get bullied. Because there's a weakness of being a bully. Because you only depend on scaring guys, intimidating guys, uh, and hurting guys. But when you can't do that to a guy, what do you got? What do you got? You got nothing. You got nothing. And Tank is, is the complete fighter away. he's got power, but if the power ain't working, he's got other things too. He's got his ability to counter, his ability to use his legs, his ability to move and pot shot, his belief That he's got more than just power. It does come down to your belief. What's inside, what's internally inside you, what you believe. What you like Michael Jordan, the the great Michael Jordan. Yeah, he had great ability, but he believed. He believed. He knew he could depend on himself. And he could. He got those answers. He understood that. And in this fight, that was what I was dependent on when I was saying, hey, go to my bookie and uh, throw it down if you want on Romero. Big, Be- uh, I mean, uh, against Romero on, what's his name, on Davis uh, to beat Romero. Because, again, he didn't have the answers for himself. No one. So what did he do? He fought, I thought, a stupid fight. He goes in, but don't he fight? He knew how to fight. He goes in there. One thing he did good, he used his long jab to come behind the long jab, and he made it hard for Davis to negotiate distance, to get in close without taking a risk, without going through a bad neighborhood and getting mugged. So he he did that pretty well. And he was winning the early rounds because of that. But Davis, he was winning the battles, but Davis knew he was going to win the war. There was no doubt because of what I just finished describing with the experience that he has, the understanding that he has. Davis knew there was only one guy winning this war. And he knew what he had to do, that Romero only felt confident if he was coming forward, if he was throwing big, hard punches. But He didn't know how to feel confident and in charge other ways, because he never had to. He never got those answers. He never went there before. He had lost three fights earlier. I watched him against uh, Mar- Marinas. What was it, Marinas? I believe Jackson Marinas. Yep. Uh, three fights before that, and I said it when we were breaking this fight down, and I was picking Davis to knock him out. I said, I said he's already lost. He got a gift, but he already lost. He should have lost that fight to Marinas. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. But obviously. He didn't learn what he had to learn, and in that fight, he was the same thing—just coming forward, throwing big bombs, but none of the intricacies of the sweet science. And again, internally, he only felt in charge if he could be moving forward, throwing big. Once that couldn't happen no more, he got desperate. He got—he got over. He tank played him like a fiddle. He knew that he would be looking for the big shot. Knew First of all, this is what Tank did. Early on, he knew that he couldn't get close to him without taking a risk. So what did Tank do? He showed his other dimensions. He started using his legs, moving around, pot shot. Beautifully. Beautifully. And pot shot. And finally, you know, look uh, kind of like the old janitors. you remember the old janitors, Ken, where... Where they had that big giant key ring, and it had about a thousand keys on it, and it was for all the different rooms, you know, in in the school, or in the building, in the in the apartment building, the projects that that he was to off, that he had to find one of those keys. That's what, that's what the great fighters do. They're janitors sometimes with that giant key ring. They they look for the right key to get in the door. The right key to get in the door. And that's what he was doing. He was moving around, moving all over the place, pot-shotting, and looking for the right key to get in safely. To get in safely. And these... Oh, man. Why, why am I going to... I say what I believe. Why am I going to mince my words now? These idiots in the corner were telling <laughs> were, were telling Romero, who didn't know any better, but they're supposed to know better, Ken. They're telling him, oh, he's afraid of you. Look the way he's running. You're effing him up. You know, I'm not going to use the word because I don't curse here on the show. I don't think it, we need to do that. So I don't. I know you're allowed to if you want. But, I, oh, you're, you're effing him up. What do you think he's running for? Why do you think he's running? He's scared of you. Uh, no imbecile. I'll tell you why he's moving. He's not running. He's actually moving, looking for an opportunity. It's, it's like that movie, Taken. You remember that movie Taken with Liam Neeson? Yep. Um, now, that was, a, that was a pretty good action movie. And remember when they kidnapped his daughter and, and he's on the phone with them, with the, you know, with the kidnappers, and he tells them, look, if you let my daughter go right now, he said, I will, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you live. And they, they're laughing. They're laughing. He goes, if you don't let my daughter go, I will use the skills that I've acquired over many years in my business. The skills that I've learned, that I've acquired. I will use those skills to track you down, find you, and kill you. Well, you know what? You moron in the corner was saying, look where he's running. No, he was using his skills that he's acquired, tank was, that he's acquired over the years of boxing, of being in real fights, to find a way to get to you, to track you down, and then to kill you—not <laughs> kill you, but knock you out—to to destroy you—that's what he was doing. And that's what's beautiful about the sweet science. If you understand what the frick you're watching, he was doing it. He was using a way he needed to use until he could get to him a different way. He was doing, he he wasn't running away. He was setting this guy up. He was being smart. And he knew that this guy wanted to land a big shot. So he kept him off balance. And then he got him into a situation where he set a beautiful trap, just like the spider does with the beetle. He invited him into the web. And then he just banged and he freaking, he put the web on him.
0: It's almost better than a first-round destruction where it's just a one-sided oh, beatdown. Like Tank basically outboxed him, set him up, like you said, just set traps, got him moving, had him working, 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 walked him right into it, and then just knocked him out cold. It was cra- It was boxing 101.
1: Yeah, it really was the sweet science 101, and, and it was showing you, you know, uh, how to set traps, how to counter it, the real science behind it, you know, how it's done, where he took a step back. He knew this guy wanted, he knew that he could talk him into throwing a big, stupid punch. So what did he do? He took a step back, Tank, right? He's a southpaw. He took a step back. His power hand is the backhand, the left hand. He he took a step back, and he sure enough, he got Romero to chuck a big right hand, you know, Being desperate, trying to land that punch, not knowing any better, so to speak, he falls in. Bang! Hits him with a left hand, and it's good night, buddy. And and you know, and it was it was really similar. And we put this up on our YouTube page, on our podcast channel, uh, up on my on my Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't believe I twit it, a tweet, twit twit. I put it up there where i came up with a couple that was similar. Uh And, and Rob's got it up again for us though. There, there was similar knockouts. Uh It was uh, ones where Mayweather knocking out Hatton uh Pacquiao actually knocking out Hatton and then maybe the best one is Marquez knocking out the great Pacquiao. What a uh, knockout where, that was. Yeah. Where those traps were set up. Uh, and again, it was the sweet size. It was to, and and I want people to look at it because I asked Rob to put this up for you guys. Um, he was so out of it that when he was on the floor, he being Romero, he, his leg was moving like this. I don't know yeah. if you saw it, Ken. Yeah, yeah. But his leg, like, like he was trying to step on an invisible step, yeah. you know, uh, a step that wasn't there. And his leg's going like this. He's out of it, obviously. And uh, there's, I told Rob to put up because very similar was, when Igoma Johansen and Floyd Patterson fought in their in their third fight, the rubber match, they had both won one. Uh, Igoma Johansen took the title from Floyd, knocking him out. And then Floyd became the first heavyweight champ ever to come back and reclaim the heavyweight title, knocked him out the second fight. Then in the third fight, Floyd knocked him out again. And there's Igemar on the floor with his leg, you know, reaching for that invisible stair. So a lot of similarities um, that you can look at, parallels. You can look back in the history of this sport where you see a guy get knocked out of sensation. You say, oh, yeah, you know, I never see that again. No, no, you will see it again maybe. And you might have seen it already. So I just wanted to point those out. But anyway, at the end of the day, kudos to Tank Davis, complete fighter. Um, I, I'll tell you, he, he's, he's good. Uh, he, he's complete. As I've been saying for a long time before it was fashionable or as fashionable to say as it is now that he's more than just a puncher. That's why I got him on my pound for pound uh, top ten list. Uh, you know, and I, I would uh, I'll talk about this maybe a little later but I would love to see him, and I said it before I would love to see him and Lomachenko uh, it, just to see that matchup you know power and 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 technique and talent and everything that tank brings you know and uh the maturity the everything we've been talking about against a guy who could be a magician in there you know i know it's got to be the vintage lomonschenko though you know i i know he got beat by lopez but he's come back his last two fights he looked very good but not against solid guys but not against the elite guys like tank but if Loma still has it in him to be at the top of his game. What a matchup! What a matchup! And I even put it up on my Twitter. I put it up on my Instagram. It would be like um, the chess match of the century years ago with Bobby Fischer and um, and Spassky, the Russian uh, chess masters, uh, chess master, where they fought that or they fought. They they played that chess. Match of the century, where it got a lot of publicity. Um, it would be that, but it would be it would be dangerous chess. I mean, it would be chess where the, the rooks, uh, the the rooks and the pawns and the and the, and the, and the, and the, uh, the knights that we'd find out who, how good their
0: chins are. You know what I mean? Let me ask you this: Tank Davis, Devin Haney quick which one who wins
1: they're very interesting i mean davis has the abilities to get inside the reach of haney which you have to do or or get haney to give up the reach one way or the other you know because haney's so long with that jab it can be awful difficult um here's the thing i'm a lot of people would favor haney pure boxer great boxer but I think that somewhere along the line the power and the abilities as I just described that Tank has, those subliminal abilities, not just the power, but his power would get a chance to catch the chin of Haney somewhere before twelve rounds. And that that would be the difference. Or so that for me might be the difference
0: that would be there's some there's some compelling matchups to be made everywhere between like 130 and 140 there is some talent in those three divisions nevertheless let's get into um the action from this week and let's start with joe cordina possibly knock out the year uh, knock out of the year against kanichi ogawa uh what a shot Oh my God, he hit him with the right hand, one one shot knockout. Um, But to me, the highlight of that was the reaction afterwards from Cordina. It was just complete and total exuberance with his corner. You can see almost like the achievement of a lifelong goal. To me, I love seeing this raw emotion. It wasn't, um, you know, they they weren't being disrespectful.
1: You know what I didn't like, though? Well, I'll tell you what, Ken, and we're doing this rightfully, so I should give you credit because you brought this up and a lot of people out there talking about this. So Ken gets the credit for us doing this one, and... And rightfully so, it's, a, it's one of those sensational knockouts you don't see too often, uh, spectacular, out of nowhere. And like he said, you know, the kid being so exuberant. The only thing I didn't like, I agree with everything except right after he did it, he started doing this, you know, Oh, I didn't see that, throat. yeah, that's not yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that, cutting the throat. You knocked the guy out, you don't gotta be cutting his throat now and not beheading yeah. guys, you know what I mean? I think so,
0: sometimes, well, I, I almost want to give the kid benefit of the doubt, exactly, away. yeah. yeah. But But the way he was jumping with his corner, you could just tell. And then then Eddie Hearn, the promoter, in there jumping around. But you know what? It's easy to give the promoters crap, but I will say Eddie Hearn, at least to me on the surface, he seems to be really invested in the guys. Like he seems genuinely happy yeah, when does. his guys win, does. and the I way agree. they were celebrating to me, it just was one of those feel good moments of like, oh, they did it. You could feel that. He's still feeling young like,
1: enough, Eddie. Eddie's still young enough. He hasn't been ruined. He hasn't been completely tainted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they didn't yeah, have to. I'm, they didn't have, have to I'm hoist him up problem. with a crane.
1: <laughs> well I mean I mean the, I think Aaron was ruined before he was ruined. You know what I, mean? I think but, but I, might have is, been ruined. But Aaron that, might have been ruined when he was like thirty five years old. He you might know have been one of those like, um the ruined, cranes ruined.
0: they used to put you in the pool if you got an injury or something. There's like uh at the rehab center. We're gonna see one of those into the ring, like, get him in the crane, all right, up into the ring, here we go. Uh let, but
1: let him finish his martini first. Though. He <laughs> loves those martinis. <laughs> He's joined. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to he does like the puff from uh, from what the word is out there yeah. at least.
0: The word is from his own mouth. He'll be the first one to tell you. He loves to t- yeah.
1: He's proof that it's not necessarily true since we're on the subject, you know, of Hannibal's right now, and we cover everything on this and that's why we're up to two hundred and fifty eight thousand subscribers right oh. now. We cover it all. We cover it all. And and I and fairly, I must say. But um, Proof that it does not always uh, mellow you, <laughs> mellow you, and calm you, and make you this this marshmallow mellow person. Uh, it doesn't always do that because we've seen uh, Mr. Harum where he's not that mellow in talking to some of the whether they're women or men <laughs> talking to some of him. the reporters. Right? <laughs> I mean, he 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 doesn't he's discriminate. Not, he he's not a guy that looks like uh, he's been t- turned into a, a mellow uh, you know mellow fellow, yeah, <laughs> mellow fella by puffing a little bit. Yeah. He he's more like a guy who's uh who's who's looking to uh, rip after you. Yeah. that that's has uh, got some some <laughs> yeah. nastiness going on there. Some some uh, some uh, aggression problems to say or, the least. Or uh, anger problems or whatever he's talked to some of these we i mean it's been put up there it's been posted some of these reporters and even reporters that work for espn <laughs> mike carpenter <laughs> the one who's paying him all the money
0: <laughs> the crazy thing is he's talking to Is not like uh wilting flower he's like a fairly big strong guy he looks like it anyway i'm surprised that i mean you know, you tell someone, you talk to someone the way Aaron talked to Carpenter, you shouldn't be surprised if someone counters with a, with a check hook and ch- punches you in the mouth. You can't scream at other man like that. You uh, talk to the wrong guy no, and right. punch you you're in the right. mouth.
1: But Carp- even if you're 110, but Carpenter, <laughs> uh, uh, but, <laughs> but Carpenter, obviously, I would have to say, took that into account that he is 110. Oh, 100%. He,
0: credit uh, to Carpenter you know. for co- keeping his cool. A lesser man would have cracked him. I mean, you can't just scream in, a, in an another grown man's face and not expect to face some repercussions. But credit to Carpenter, He likes his job at ESPN and didn't want to uh, probably pick up an assault charge and potentially a, uh, you know, deadly assault. Nevertheless, um, Cody, how'd you like that knockout? How'd you like the setup? He stepped right
1: into it. It was beautiful. I listened uh, sensational. You know, wow. It was a wow moment. Wow. And everyone loves wow moments. But let me tell you. I, I've talked about this, well, my whole career. Um, and, you know, being that I'm coming from the trainer's perspective, it's always a, yeah, it's a punch. I get it. But it's the delivery system. It's the trickery. You know, it's the science. And there was science there. Everyone sees the power. Bang! That's all that you see sometimes. No, look at that again. Look at that replay right now, Ken. And see the left hand flick. See the little left hand that takes the eyes takes the eyes of his opponent just down low, and then the right hand gets in there while he's distracted. So yeah, it's the right hand. Yeah, it's the speed in which he closed the gap. I give you that, the explosiveness, the power, the suddenness, but it was that left hand. It was the delivery system. It was that sweet science moment, that little little left hand move. The little left-hand move that distracted him just enough to throw away punch, if you will. That's what I used to call it when I was teaching it to fighters in the gym, where the right hand was allowed to get in and have to impact it dead because it gets in there so clean. And again, as I said earlier, there's always parallels. Sometimes you say, wow, that's the greatest knockout I ever saw. Hold on a minute. <laughs> it's, a, it's a history that's been a... It's a sport that has a long history. There's been a lot of great knockouts. It was great. It was sensational. It was a wow moment. But there's been other wow moments too. And believe it or not, that almost parallel it. You know, uh, Canelo knocking out Amir Khan. And Rob's going to get it up for you because I asked him to. Uh, I just want to show the people there are other ones. Same thing. Yeah, was the right hand getting in there. Amir Khan wasn't taught not to lead with a left hook in front, all that stuff. Yeah, was the quick right hand. getting in that gap uh, before Khan saw it coming but yeah it was also Canelo throwing a little flick of a left hand if you really look at it that took the eyes of Amir Khan just a little sideways where that right hand could knock him sideways so there, there are all parallels. There are all those, ones. and we try to commentate you guys, and we find this stuff for you, and we know you appreciate it. So we go out there, and and I go and I call, I call Rob up at all hours of the night. Gotta get this. Gotta get this for our guys. Gotta get this for our people, and um, we got that one. And also, I got another one for you. Tommy Hearns knocking out the great, great, great Roberto Duran. Um, A little bit more busy, a little bit more action prior to the knockout. A little bit more hectic stuff going on and and stuff flying around. But at the end of the day, same principle, same ending. A little flick of the jab. There was actually two instead of one. A little flick of the jab low and then a right hand higher and the great Roberto Duran. That's the only way you're knocking out a guy like him, even if you are the bigger fighter. So the great Roberto Duran never saw that right hand that Tommy the Hitman Hearns put on his chin and knocks him out. So um, and I think that's the only time the great Roberto Duran was ever knocked out. You know where you know uh, where it's one punch and it's you know lights out. So yeah, I I thought again, uh, I thought it was um, I thought it was great theater it was it was great to see this uh as you said the jubilation of you know reaching your moment you know realizing your your dream yeah boxing it boxing shows those moments probably as well if not better than any other sport
0: yeah, I agree. And uh moving over to the uh super bantam weights, the lighter weight guys, uh Steven Fulton runs his record to twenty one and zero, gets a unanimous decision, one sided win over um who the heck did he be? Danny Roma- Danny Ro- Daniel R- R- Romano. Not Romano. Roman. Roman. Yeah, sorry. Daniel Roman.
1: There's about time, people. Can we put off some celebrity uh, music when something rare happens that I actually have to pronounce the name correctly uh, of for- <laughs> You know for the harvard graduate uh can write out can and and the finishing school graduate uh can write that gets him crazy when I say that um uh, can, can can we put some special music up and 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 balloons and bursting of stars that that I actually would, had to show him how to pronounce words properly um or a name properly which usually it's the up op- it's the opposite because i my middle name my my pseudo name is not, although some of you just might have thought it was, it is not Orson Welles. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's Teddy Atlas, the boxing guy, and I say it the way I say it, and not always perfect. But I always got my man here, Ken Rideout, out to correct me. So it's only right that once in a while I'm there to help him too, because that's Thank how you it for works.
0: That. Thank you for uh, that. No, and, no, and, no and with that, talk to me about Stephen Fulton. How'd you like him? I mean, that was a one-sided beatdown of a um, guy, highly ranked guy. Looks like it sets up a, uh, a, a huge mega fight in the super bantamweight between an undefeated Fulton and um, I'm going to butcher this name to uh, Murojan uh 10 and 0. Also undefeated, ranked number two on ESPN. But uh, how'd you like Fulton against Roman? Uh,
1: listen, Fulton has a PhD in the sweet science. That's the first thing. And I can't give more, you know, props or higher accolades than that when it's coming from me, you know, uh, that I've been in this business my whole life. He he is an elite boxer, an elite fighter, a uh, boxer. He, 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 he knows what the science of hitting and not getting hit is all about. He's a he's a pure counterpuncher, uh, boxer counterpuncher, uh, defensive whiz. Uh, it reminds you a little bit of a Floyd Mayweather, you know his styles, uh, if not his style perfect, but a little bit when a young Mayweather. But definitely his approach, his mentality, to to be safe, to be conservative, to be careful, to be smart. You know he's not gonna go out there and take all kinds of risks. So with that. He's not always going to be the most exciting guy to watch. He'll be in some, but it depends. He's not always going to be a house on fire because he doesn't want to get on fire. <laughs> That's His temperament is to be smart, is to avoid fire. You know, fire bad, Ken. Fire bad. Ken. <laughs> fire bad. Uh, you could get burnt with fire. You know, his is to put fires out. Never let Fires get started. So he's not going to be always, like I said, in Bond Burners. That's that's not his makeup. But, or his style, or his approach. But it comes down to really matchmaking. You got to know, and and sometimes these guys don't know. There's another one-sided fight on Showtime with Espinosa where sometimes... They they just don't know guys like Espinosa doesn't know a left hook from a fish hook. He just gets paid a lot of money, you know, to be the executive <laughs> over there. But he he should find somebody who does to to understand matchups styles. Styles make fights. They do. And if you're going to put in a guy that I just described as a great elite boxer, uh, you know, a, a ghost, a ghost, a will of the wisp, you know, you know. Uh, like the old great Willie Pep, where you know you can't hit him in the backside with a handful of salt, uh, if he stood right in front of you, you know, if you're gonna take a guy who's that great in those dimensions, like a Fulton, you gotta put him in with a guy who's yeah, Roman is an accomplished former champion. yeah, he's a tough guy. Yeah, he makes great fights with the right style, with the right style. But now with a guy like this, you're not gonna put in a guy who's one dimensional, who's tough, who you can find fairly easy, like Roman, tough guy, former champ. All the credit in the world. He's not chopped liver, but he might as well be chopped liver when you put him in with this kind of style, where he don't have quick feet, like I said in Roman, and he's one dimensional and he comes forward. You know where you can find him. He he's gonna have no chance. It's not gonna be an entertaining fight. And guess what? You gotta try to put entertaining fights on your network because the fans have to be respected. It does come down to that. Yeah, I and and then when the commentators say, we guarantee, be careful, fellas. Be careful. I've been in that seat. I've been in that seat. Be careful. When they guarantee, we guarantee this will be one for the ages, or this will be one, you know, basically telling you it's going to be a slugfest. We gu- telling you it's going to be nothing but action. You know, telling you it's, it's going to be a, a barnstormer, so to speak. Uh, telling you, you know, watch it. Watch it. Well, either you don't know what you don't know, or you're being a car salesman a little bit, you know. Uh, where you're just selling. Otherwise, you just don't know what you don't know because you got to know that, no, this fight was not going to be a bomb burner. You you shouldn't have guaranteed to the audience that it's going to be a great one to watch great action. No, you could have said it's going to be a great display of boxing skills. Yeah, you would have been right on the money, right on the money of hitting, of showing a guy, you know, how to hit and not get hit. Yeah. You would have been on the money but not to say it's going to be a great action fight so at the end of the day uh fulton displayed he's up there as far as elite boxes he's up there you know i want to see him with guys that have challenged him you know truly challenged him you're gonna to have to find guys with the skill levels with the mentality with the ability to either be, find a way to get inside safely and stay on them and stay on them and stay on them, or to find ways to counterpunch the counterpuncher, which takes another tremendous boxer. Um, but guys that are just going to be tough, durable guys walking in, they're going to get whitewashed. You know You're going to see scores of 120, 1,10, or whatever whatever the scores were uh, 108, whatever, whatever they are. But you're going to see those scores. Because it's going to be a one-sided fight. Uh, because, is, again, the skill level, yes, but the styles. You got to understand who you're putting in that ring, what kind of styles they have. It's going to tell you what kind of fight you're going to get. And um, so I, I give all the credit to Fulton for being uh, that teacher of the sweet science. He's terrific that way. Terrific. Doesn't make always the greatest fighters fights, but... You're going to have to put him in with a guy that maybe he can make uh, an entertaining fight, but not in this case.
0: Yep. Well, let's get right into the one that we were all looking forward to one of the bigger fights so far this year at least on paper coming in uh Devin haney goes down to australia and takes care of business against george Cambosis. haney looked great with the uh with the jab all night just kept um seems to keep george completely off balance just busted his face up just putting that jab in his face all night long uh, dying to hear your thoughts on this one we haven't discussed yet so how'd you like it the only
1: thing i would add to that description Right on the money. Only thing I'd add, putting that long jab in his face. That was the difference. That long jab. It was too long for Cambosas. The The fight came down to the jabs.
0: I thought Haney also absorbed the shots that he did get hit with. You know, he'd been been uh, rocked a little bit before.
1: Cambosas is not a huge puncher. I know he dropped Lopez. I get it. I get it. He timed him beautifully. But um he's not a p- huge puncher and he didn't get hit that many real clean ones uh he, he boxed a pretty good fight a pretty clean fight pretty clean uh although i gotta say i gotta say there were things he was doing in there that he had to do to adjust um because he was being outspeeded, he was being out jabbed he was having a con- the distance controlled where it was hard for him to get in close enough to do the things he wanted to do um but he didn't get any credit by the commentators at all. I mean, there were times when he was holding his own or at least, you know, staying around. stay Especially early in the fight. And then, you know, Haney started pulling away, but never by a mile. But it, yeah, he was pulling away in the rounds, the middle rounds, to the later round, Not the last round. He lost the last round. <laughs> he went into that NFL, Haney did, NFL pre-defense in the last round, and, and he, he lost that round. <laughs> but he had the edge. He had the edge, but... Cambosis was doing things, was maintaining an opportunity for himself to still be in the fight. He, he was behind for, to a certain degree for the most part uh, when he got behind, but and, and he was just you know he was he was keeping his he was keeping his nose ahead in the race or his neck ahead in the race. He was staying ahead in the race kind of like you in a marathon race. Seriously, where where you want to keep that little lead, but the guy's the guy's not far off. And you know, if you don't keep that lead, the guy could pass you. He could pass one of those shoulders of yours, the left to the right. You know that, and you're cognizant. Haney knew that, and he and he, he kept that little lead there, but Cambosis was making adjustments, Given no credit, no credit at all. I mean, it was like... At one point it was almost like the the commentators and I'm I'm not saying hating and win, of course you won't, but it was almost I'm making a point here that the commentators were like cheerleaders. And so and that and that's made a common me,
0: theme on these cards. The the A side uh, top rank guy is always gonna be talked about like he's uh Godzilla fighting uh, you know, soldiers.
1: And that made me I don't know, it just made me we we'll have to bring it up to our audience because that's what we're here to do, and and see because there's always people out there saying Teddy's speaking for me or Kenny's speaking for me. I, I'm glad he said that because I was thinking to say, and if we don't, we don't. Fine, I'm not gonna be right with everything or agree with every uh, everybody. But I, I think it's worth just bringing that out. Yeah, Haney won, and 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 he did a great job, but. Uh, it, it, i tell you what it made me do. It made me dust off the old pom-poms <laughs> um, for a minute, you know, where the fans, I know the fans have been missing the CDs, you know, so i give them a real quick, they, they, they've been missing from the show, and they gave us an <laughs> opportunity to bring them back, Ken. I know yeah. you love them. I know <laughs> you love And I'm sorry I didn't get green and white for the Celtics, but um, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. <laughs> we'll but, get them after but, they but, um, win it. Hey, a N E Y Haney Haney Haney
0: Ra Sis Boomba I got a rat trap Bigger than a cat trap
1: So (laughs) I'm sorry I had to get that done Yeah, listen It was the jab It was always gonna be about the jab I think we broke this one down Pre-fight really well and and the fans must have thought so too because uh, almost 200,000 views on the clip we put out there before the fight in a couple days before the fight that we put out there um breaking down who would win how they would win what they had to do Haney and Cambosis, uh tremendous amount of views uh so the people obviously reacted to to what we were putting out there and and telling them but I think we I think we hit it on the nail you know I I was suggesting uh, that Haney, without going out and making uh, just an out-and-out pick, I said, hey, Haney's got to be favored. Haney's got to be the guy that you think is going to wind up winning a fight or who's got the advantage. Haney's got to be the guy you favor, so to speak. But Camp Boses won't be out of this fight. And I don't think he was out of it. Some people might say he was. But uh, Camp Boses will do certain things. And there are certain things he's going to have to do um, to, to be able to stay in there. And... It did come down to length. It did come down to Haney's legs and ability. Uh, legs in a way where he could step out just a little bit and, and maintain that distance where he had the edge with the jab, uh, with the long jab, where he knows how to fight tall. You know, a lot of guys got long jabs. They got the height. They don't know how to fight tall. They don't know how to use. Well, Haney knows how to use. They've done a good job with him. You know, he's been a good student. Uh, you know, his courses, he's crossed his T's. He's dotted his eyes. His technique is there to go with his ability. Fast hands and all that. And his temperament. You know, he's a classic boxer. He's a classic pretty boxer. He really is. He's a textbook boxer. When he's got his way, when things are going right, when he's, you know, when all the pistons are, are hitting right for him, he's on the outside controlling reins, that long jab, looking to set up the counter hook of the right hand if you try to get in. You try to close the gap, he's going to look the counter, make it very hard to, to close that gap on him. And he's going he's, he's gonna to control the outside. He's going to own the outside. You know, that's his real estate. That's where he sets his tent up. And he's, he's a sharpshooter. He puts together crisp, sharp, you know, combinations. You know, nice, educated punches. Accurate, educated combinations. Uh, he, he's a textbook boxer. He's a pretty boxer. I'm going to say it again. He, he, he is. Um, and he, but sometimes he'll stand a little straight. Sometimes he'll go back a little straight. Straight back, and you know what? In those spots, those were the spots where Kambosos had to be better, had to hit on in order to really have a chance to pull off the upset. Even though he was a champion with four four bouts, the well, of course, Haney had some kind of belt too from the same what uh, uh, one of the same organizations, Uh, you know. Uh, I guess Campos had the super duper version and Haney had the, you know, the, 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 the Marshall, the, the Dick Tracy, um, uh you know deputy marshal one like we used to get in the crackerback jack cracker uh cracker jack boxes remember that yeah. you get the thing you get yeah you get the deputy badge or that i actually you get the,
0: feel ba- I actually feel bad for haney because they made you they get the elevate, junior deputy badge you ever yeah. get a junior deputy badge <laughs> yeah of course they, they, yeah. they elevated um um loma to the franchise champ whatever the hell that is and they gave haney the the regular wbc title and i feel bad for haney because he didn't really do anything wrong but you know he was the email champ until this fight until he was able to no no he earned
1: it it. listen he goes across the sea uh, he goes across you know he goes all the way down under he goes all the way halfway across the world whatever he goes he goes down under and he gets the four pounds so now he's got four i guess he could uh, put the other one in, you know, in the in sock drawer, right? <laughs> yeah, Somewhere. Exactly. In a, well, whatever. But he, again, he knew his identity i always talk about fighter has to know his identity has to know his strengths and weaknesses you know uh kind of like uh the dirty harry movies with clint eastwood uh rob see if you could get that up i didn't give you a heads up on this one but i just thought of it spontaneously i'm sorry but you know kind of like that where uh a man must know his limitations you know that's what Clint Eastwood used to say in the Dirty Harry movies, uh, as he had that three fifty-seven uh, Magnum. It's easy to say that when you got a three fifty-seven Magnum, you know, stuck on somebody's nose. You know what I mean, Ken? <laughs> yeah. It's a little easier to say that. That's a that's a hell of a big cannon of a gun and make a big hole in you. But what? He knew his identity. He did know his strengths and weaknesses. His strength is to fight on the outside, set up his quick hands, set up his educated combinations, control range, make it hard for you to get close without taking a risk of walking into a counter. And, and he knew where he's not strong, on the inside so much, where maybe Cambosis could have had a better shot to even the fight up a little bit more, where he got inside what it, before Cambosos could get anything going, what did Haney do? He played it by the book. He, he put the handcuffs on him. He locked him up. He took him to jail. Right away, he clinched. And it was smart. It was smart. He did it by the book. It was smart. He knew that that's not his place. His place is on the outside. So he stayed on the outside. He, he played it by the book. Not an exciting fight, but a very efficient, effective fight. And again, I'm going to go back to what I started with. It came down to the jab. Yeah, the edge, people are going to say, was always going to be Haney with the length, and, but he still had to do it, and he did it, with the length and the quickness of his jab. But And to win the fight, he needed that jab, Haney, because it sets everything up for him. But Cambozus needed his jab to have a chance to win the fight, and he didn't use it, not nearly enough. Yeah, people say, Teddy, he's shorter. He's I don't give a damn. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, Mike Tyson jabbed a lot of tall guys. That's the sweet size. He slipped a little bit to the side. Next thing you know, he's inside the jab. He's catching the guy with the jab with the guy with the longer jab is missing. He didn't use, he didn't stick to his jab enough to at least, I'm not saying he had to outjab him, but he had to use the jab enough, Haney. Not Haney, uh, Kambosis. He had to use the jab enough, Ken, to at least... Give Haney something to worry about, something to think about. Put bugs on his windshield where he takes away some of his visibility a little bit. You know, just something where he stabilized the outside a little bit, where he didn't allow Haney to dominate that area, and he did. He allowed Haney to pretty much, for the most part, dominate that area, and he needed his jab to stop that. Again, he didn't have to outwork him in that area, but enough – just enough to stabilize that area where he didn't get dominated in that area. He did not do that. Not enough. But what he did do, and he didn't get credit for, he was looking to use something I talk about all the time and I teach in the gym. Timing can negate speed. Yeah, Haney was faster, but Cambosas ain't a slow poke. And cambosa's was looking to use timing of punches and we talked about this in the preview of the fight, in the pre-analysis of it. And you could see the evidence of it. If he was going to win the fight, he was going to have to use timing to negate some of the speed advantage of Haney. And Kambosis was trying to do that, Ken. He was, he was trying to time. He throw the, he come right back. And he was trying to close the gap fast. Like, like Pacquiao did. Used to do when he was at his best. And, and Haney learned that from Pacquiao. He, he sparred with him hundreds of rounds. So he was trying to show a flash of Pacquiao. But more importantly, the ability to time. Like he did against Lopez when he upset the world. And he took that title. He was looking to time the punches of Haney. Again to negate some of the speed advantage. And he was he was able to do it successfully a few spots, not quite enough. Not where he really landed really clean or often enough. And the other thing where but he didn't again, when he did do it, he never got credit for it. But okay, okay. He lost the fight. But what are the other reasons why he lost? No jab wasn't able to get close because he didn't use the jab enough, wasn't able to close those gaps enough and be effective when he did it enough. But for me, the other key was, Ken, and if there is a rem- if there is a rematch, which there's a contract, he had to agree. Haney had to agree to a rematch in Australia if he lost. So, so you would think they were going to enact the rematch clause you know, Cambosis people. And Haney's going to have to, before he fights anyone else, it seems like he's going to have to fight and beat Cambosis again. You know, wind up being 2-0 before he could do any of these great matchups that are out there in the lightweight division. There's a lot of great matchups. But before he could get to that, he'd have to go win again uh, down under. If he does get that chance, Cambosis, I would dedicate the whole training camp if it's gonna be a different result, otherwise it's gonna be the same thing. It's gonna, you know, it's, uh, it's gonna be Grand Hog Day without Bill Murray, but it's gonna be the same thing, where the same result, and maybe even worse because Haney's gonna be champ now, real champ now, and he's gonna have that confidence that the old timers talked about, that makes you thirty percent better. So it's gonna be even more difficult. But if it is gonna happen. If Gambosis is to be able to have a chance in that rematch, and he'll be a big underdog, he's got to use his jab more. And when he does get inside, he can't accept those clinches the way he did the other night. He accepted those clinches. And my, my son, I think he's, I, I, my son, Teddy, Liz, I know he's my son. And He was 14 years with the Raiders, and we're hoping he's going to catch on with someone else right now. We're we're waiting for a lot of teams have shown interest. We're waiting to see, God willing, of what's going to happen with him. But he's good at he's good at seeing things, in, in on the field, in his business, of talent, of sub, of of the, of sometimes the subliminal talent, not not just the obvious talent, but. Sometimes the town that's not so obvious. Breaking film down and, you know, uh, just just being able to see those things. And it's funny. Uh, his thing is football, but obviously he's grown up around boxing. And after the fight, the first thing he said to me, first thing he said to me, he said, Dad, if he, the one thing where he really missed a boat, like you said, the jab this, that, blah, blah, blah. But when he got inside... If he was going to have any chance he needed to rough him up he needed to make it a rougher fight not a pretty fight it was too pretty a fight he needed to rough him up he accepted the clinches too easily He might have even made silent agreements where I always talked about the mental side where one guy allows the other guy to tie him up because it's just easier for the moment. You know, you don't hit me, I don't hit you, you make a silent agreement. He might have accepted those silent agreements. Maybe, maybe, but whatever it was, he wasn't prepared to find a way to punch on the inside when he needed to find a way to punch, to, to break up the rhythm of this fight, to break up the prettiness, to 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 change this, the to, just the pattern of the fight because the pattern fell into Haney's pattern where he's doing what he wants to do on the outside. You know, he's living up to his, his identity. When he got inside, again, he na- needed to make it a little ugly, needed to find a way to push off, to step back, to keep his hands free, to work on the inside. And if he does have a rematch, the only chance on earth of pulling off the win, the upset, would be if he works when he gets on. And he would have to spend the whole freaking training camp to work on that, to find ways to get on the inside. And his camp would have to do a better job getting a referee. I'm not saying the ref made a difference, but this referee was not going to let him fight on the inside. I don't care what you say. I, I've been around this sport my whole life. This guy uh, this, this guy was not he he was not allowing uh, him t- to do any inside fighting. Um, and You'd have to get the right ref. You'd have to get a ref, and I'm not saying a, a fixed ref. I'm not saying a slanted ref, a, a ref who's on your side. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying this is boxing. You're supposed to be allowed to fight on the inside, but it's up to you to find the way. It's got to be a ref that allows him to find a way to fight inside. Otherwise, it's going to be the same thing. And maybe maybe even a more one-sided it wasn't one-sided it was not one-sided but maybe it'll become a real one-sided uh version if he doesn't
0: do that yep well i've got a guy who's been sitting here waiting to come in and show you something uh for the last like 10 or 15 minutes do you mind if someone says a special hello
1: i would love it love right, hang it hang on one especially sec. if it's one of your guys hang on especially if it's one of the right out clan
0: come in here brother Got his
1: summer haircut. Oh, I look at know. him! Look at him!
0: What you look say? at
1: him! Let, I'm gonna tell you something. That f- first of all, you you wow, you're great. Do you do you like the show that your dad does with me? Do you like it? Do you enjoy yes. it? Oh, good. Let me see that smile. I think it's beautiful. Let me see <laughs> it. Leon stinks. Did 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 the tooth fairy come and compensate you for those teeth? Did you get money
0: from the
1: Tooth Fairy? <laughs> yeah. Tell him how much. Okay. Twenty. Whoa! Ho, ho. You're doing good. You're doing good. You, uh, it's that that price has gone up since I was little. Um, it's gone up quite a, a bit. We guy didn't guy used to get twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that listen, Mickey Duff, the great Mickey Duff, who I talk about sometimes on this show. He had a great sense of humor, and he was a great, great promoter, and um. If he saw a haircut like that, uh, and you're handsome, you're a handsome boy, everything else, and it's great, and it's smart, it's for the summer. I get it. But if he saw a haircut, he had a sense of humor. You know what he would have said? What? What bet did you lose to have to get that haircut? <laughs>
0: did you lose a bet <laughs> that's why you had to get that haircut? Or did
1: you want it? I wanted it. You wanted it. May I ask why?
0: Because I, I just like having a haircut. A mohawk.
1: Okay, that's all right. That. Do you know anybody else that has a mohawk?
0: Do you know anyone else with a mohawk? No.
1: Do you know any ball players that used to have whether baseball, baseball, whatever that used to have? Because I know you're a good sports fan and a and a good athlete. Uh, do you know any ball players that used to have a mohawk?
0: Um. No.
1: Okay. Well, start googling. Because there's a few out there. A few out there. When you, come and train
0: uh, with him? Yeah. Tell him. I'm almost ready to come and train with you.
1: Okay, let's set it up. <laughs> all right. Well, let's set that up. Let's set up a time where you can come spend time over here. You can stay with me for the summer, for whatever you That's want. It. You come over here, and I, I'll train you every day. Makes and sense. I'll send you back to your dad ready for a four-round fight. Tell him. Thanks. My pleasure.
0: Say thanks for letting me come on. Thanks for
1: letting me come on. I'm glad you came on. You you made the show better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's confidence. See, that's confidence without being arrogant, without without being nasty. We talked about earlier with the Romero's and all that stuff. That's confidence right there. But in a nice way. In a presentable way. Yep. You got a beautiful family, Ken.
0: He wanted more than anything to come on and show you that haircut. He asked me, at like 10, I did it last night. He said, Dad, give me a mohawk. My wife was like, I don't know. So I just took him in the bathroom. And I accidentally, when I put the clipper, the guide on the clipper, it was so much tighter than I thought. I was like, oh my God, my wife's going to kill me. So it's literally like down to the skin. He loves it, of course. My wife was not happy with it. but You have
1: the- a great wife. I mean, you have a great
0: family. <laughs>
1: but let me tell you, let me tell you, you're, you're way above your pay grade. Way. <laughs> The only, I, uh, wanted,
0: the only thing he wanted to talk about was can i come on and say hi to teddy when i uh, and show him my haircut every if, every 10 minutes i said buddy i if the, if we have a chance i'm gonna let you show him okay so thank uh, you for letting him come on player. he's super excited uh, of course the other uh, kids he, now are now like if i get a mohawk can i come on the show too i'm like no first guy uh, uh, only there's the first be guy a, there's,
1: there's gonna be a sale on mohawks at the right out <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, residence let me tell you
0: <laughs> all right listen before we wrap up what do you think is next for Haney I mean obviously he's got the rematch let's assume he gets through the rematch I mean he looked pretty good in this one then what do you think who do you think he gets next Loma you think he gets um, a crack at tank
1: I, I only want to see those fights I only want to here's my buddy come on in here buddy I mean this is this is spontaneous this is unplanned but it's it's in the air I guess it's in the air <laughs> my best friend in the whole world one of my best friends because I have three grandchildren and they're all my best friends and little Teddy out there in Vegas, hello, how you doing, and my little girl, What's mama. up, Joseph? But this is Joseph. Say hi. Here. Hi. You, can, you can't hear them. Here. Let me put this on. Hi.
0: Hey, how you doing, Joseph? Good. Did you watch the fights? No. No? No. You like boxing though, right? Yeah. Or you like horse racing? Uh, No No horse racing, just boxing? What are you going to be when you grow up? Boxing.
1: You're going to be a boxer? What kind Uh, of boxer? A small one? Yeah. A champion? Good man. There it is. Goodbye to everyone.
0: Goodbye.
1: See you, Joseph. And one other thing. Do you want to get a mohawk haircut? No. No. Smart kid. (laughs) Had to finish up with that. Okay. Let me see this. All
0: right. There's some feel-good moments for all the dads out there. Yeah, there's... The the other dads out there will be happy. All the uh, pure boxing purists will be talking crap about us in this (laughs) comment section. We didn't come here for kids. We only want to hear about boxing. No,
1: no. Listen, there's there's good people out there, you know. Um, How cold-hearted you could you be if you didn't like those two young men that you just saw. Oh, I, I, prom-
0: I promise you there'll be negative comments in the uh, in the comment section about the kids. Uh, Guaranteed. I don't... I don't. <laughs> They've I, done it I, before, I, don't, I promise.
1: I don't believe it, number one, but what I do believe is you're tracking down like a bloodhound. <laughs> 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 I know that. I know that. And hey, they'll be sorry. I, I they will be sorry. They will be pain to pay. They will be sorry. They <laughs> yeah. will
0: be sorry they ever sent that comment out. Out. Well, along those lines, I got something for you. First, my friend Jelly Roll is going to be giving um, two VIP tickets to his December 9th show at the Bridgestone Arena, although we may actually, he's touring the whole country, so we may actually be able to accommodate whoever wins the uh, prize. Jelly Roll is going to give two, two VIP tickets to one of his concerts. We may be able to accommodate wherever you are in the country because he's playing a nationwide tour. So, but with that being said, he's uh, if we, if if you want him, he's open to come on to the show after any big fight and um, talk about his show where he's gonna be, say hello to the fans, break down some fights with you. He's a huge fight fan, but just the nicest guy in the world. But along those lines, I said to him the other day, I was saying, "Oh, well, you will know, come
1: to my foundation dinner in 100%. November to help us raise money to help people that need help."
0: If he's not on the road, he'll definitely come. He's the nicest guy. But he, uh, I was talking to him yesterday and I just happened to say to him, I'm like, you know, it's funny, people go out of their way to send me like a nasty comment on Twitter or something. I said, it's crazy. Imagine if that's like your life that you had nothing, that you had actually had time to like be negative to someone else who's just trying to do, you know, trying to be a good person. I'm not trying to ever belittle or, 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 or hurt anyone's feelings. I'm just saying what I think about different fighters and fights. Nevertheless, you know what he said to me, he said, "Ken." If you had 10,000 comments and there were two crap comments and you only took the time to comment back to the two negatives, it's insulting to all the fans that took the time to write you nice comments that you don't even care to respond to the people that love you. You only smart respond man. to the smart people man. that hate.
1: Successful, smart man.
0: So that's, right. that's my new thing. I'm not going to comment uh, to the He's haters.
1: 100% right. Go ahead. Yeah. He's uh, right.
0: And and with that being said, I always when people send DMs in the IG, in Instagram in particular, that's usually where people are the most real. The, your name is attached, where people tend to be themselves. And I always respond to everything. But when someone writes a negative well, we comment, I'm going to stop commenting to this crap because if you got time to spread hate, dude, like I, I don't even I don't even want to get into it. Even if I disagree with something or I think you're completely out of line, it's just he had a good point. I don't have the energy to like waste it on people that are negative and full of hate. And uh, but anyway, can I, I, can I
1: add one thing to the yes. finish that the, yep. the beautiful um, sentiment you just put out there? It's yeah. beautiful, it's right. It's correct. Um, and I appreciate our jelly roll for uh, jelly, roll or jelly, jelly roll. Jelly roll. Yep. Yeah, Jason to Ford. Ch- jelly roll. Hey, jo- there it is. Uh, I appreciate I use short term jelly. I appreciate you very much. And you're helping my man, Ken. Uh, look at things in the proper lens, the proper perspective, because you're you're thousand percent right. So uh, I'll finish with this. I'll leave it up to my man Rob to get this up there. Um, we're allowed to get music up there, right, Ken? And I w- and I like to make this. Maybe this will become our song. You know what I mean? This, maybe this will become um, our entry or our exiting song. Maybe our exiting song from now on in this show. Um, in light of what Ken has been going through and the suffering that he's been, <laughs> so and that song would be—I don't remember who did it, but I remember it was a big hit many years ago. Don't worry, be happy.
0: <laughs> Bob Marley, remember that? No, do it you wasn't remember Bob that?
1: Was that oh, Marley? It had it that reggae. kind of sound to it. Yeah, it was definitely reggae sound. Definitely.
0: <laughs> I don't know. If the, I don't know if whoever owns the rights it. is going to let us use it. But well, uh, I would love. It don't don't worry ken be happy um, i couldn't be happier um uh, I'm, I'm i'm as happy as i've ever been and i couldn't be happier to spend every monday with you here so with that let me if, finish
1: let me finish one thing yeah. i gotta give you your answer on who i wanted who you wanted me to uh who i wanted to see haney fight next all yeah. i do is say this um once he gets past with his rematch, if he gets past it uh, successfully, I I don't want to see these guys, any of them, any of them, whether it's Benavides, Canelo. Canelo did step up. He lost the fight. So give him all the kudos in the world. But whether it's Charlo, uh, any of them, I, uh, whether it's Davis, um, or any of these top guys, elite guys, I don't want to see them fighting B level guys, where you already know, you know, or b- opponent t- type guys. That yeah, they have a good record, and yeah, they got this, and yeah, they got that, but yeah, they got no chance to win. <laughs> they
0: got that too. They got yep. that
1: too. I I don't I don't want to see any of those fights with anyone anymore. With these guys, these elites. Yep. I, I want to see Haney either in there with Davis. What a, what a with with. Uh, uh, Garcia um with uh with Loma uh with um who's who's the uh, uh, Teofimo Lopez if he can get himself back on track get himself together you know um I I want to see him I don't know if I'm missing anybody there but I want to see him with one of those champions former champions you know Uh, top guys uh i i don't i I don't want to see that that other stuff anymore
0: no Uh, you got you got them all by the way you got um haney cambosis obviously loma um uh ryan garcia um and tiafimo i mean that's really it after that it kind of i want to see that those
1: fights i mean you know and um that's what I want to see, and I want to see. Obviously, everyone wants to see also, and and sticking to that kind of thinking, uh, I want to see Crawford and Spence. You know, oh, I, they're talking I about
0: mean, that for October. I think maybe that's when we could do a live show around. If the fight's on Saturday, maybe we could do something on Friday. Especially if it's out in Vegas, we have to uh, talk to Rob and see if we can get that crack. And Rob's on the phone right now with Bobby McFarren, the the author of. Um, don't worry. Be happy. He's trying to get us permission to use it on the show. I just sent. I just. I just sent in Bobby's number from my Rolodex. Oh, that
1: was. That was nice. <laughs> That's nice of you. Um, you know, the, you might have to do something to get him to do it. Maybe he can, but do me a favor do whatever you have to do to you know whether it's the promise from a weekend at your estate or at the vineyards um he wants know. to know
0: if he can sing the uh sing the national anthem at the super bowl let me put a, ro- a call in see if we can make it happen
1: that would be really nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well teddy Thanks for doing this. This was a fun one. We covered a lot. And uh, guys, stay tuned later in the week. I think later in the week we'll post this. we got a great interview coming up with the coal miner's daughter, Christy Martin. One of the best to ever do it in the women's boxing trailblazer. Love her story. I'm looking forward to talking to her. Yeah,
1: that that would be, um, that's going to be a good one. And then after that, I think we have David Portnoy. Yep. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, uh, what are they El Presidente? El yeah, that's right. Presidente. Right? Yep, yep, and yep. He's done an unbelievable job job with uh Boston Sports. And, oh yeah. You know, he's getting into boxing now. A Talk lot, about so. a
0: trailblazer.
1: Yeah, really. He's ahead of the curve. So we got a lot of stuff. Yep uh coming up and I'll finish with this, Ken. Don't worry. Be happy.
0: With that guys, please. Subscribe, like, leave a comment. We appreciate you, and we'll be back on uh, Thursday with an interview with Christy Martin. Thanks for being with us.